Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kevin Cusack, and today I am joined by an incredible guest who is taking the music scene by storm. This talented singer-songwriter and guitarist, Clay Melton, is from Houston, Texas, and definitely knows how to shred on the guitar. And I'm proud to welcome to the show, Clay Melton. How are you doing today, Clay? Hey, man, I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How do you like uh, Houston? I love it, man. Uh, it's big, big. I mean, I'm technically outside of the Houston area, kind of the northwest side. But um, but it's a, it's a quick jump. As far as like Texas driving goes, you know, <clears throat> 30 minutes is nothing. An hour is nothing, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's not like getting around Austin. Your release, Black to Blue, is being spun around more than 160 radio stations in the U.S. and abroad, and the song was the number one song in the world and the number ninth album in the world and seventh album in Texas for all genres on the Roots Music, which is the number one indie music chart in the world. That is impressive. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I'm really happy with how that album came out. And yeah, you know, you never know how something's going to do when you just put it out there. Um, it's it was interesting to see which songs people responded to, you know, and great that they responded like that, you know. Yeah. And your full length debut, Burn the Ships, was on the Billboard Seekers. Yes, sir. And what was it like to work with Grammy winner Danny Jones? Great. Um, you know, he worked he was working at a studio called Across the Road Studio, which is located here in outside of Houston, Texas in the Katy area. Um, and it was you know the first thing that we were trying to do after the pandemic and really we were recording some of it at the tail end of and so you know it was kind of a point where we were creating without having the live counterpart involved in the you know kind of the editing and production process you know it's it's something that i haven't found a replacement for as far as getting to take your songs out on the road and play them in front of audiences and that really informs, you know, what works and what doesn't. You know, you kind of learn in real time what doesn't. Speaking of shows, what best describes a Clay Melton live show? At our core, we're a loud three-piece rock band, you know. Um, you know, ZZ, ZZ Top, um, a, little, a little heavier, um, a lot of blues. And the thing is, you know, being a three-piece, um, we still try and kind of stretch ourselves out, you know, and get experimental. I mean, shoot, there's gr groups like, you know, Rush is an extreme example of, you know, pushing the envelope is just a three piece. But yeah, you know, it's loud rock and roll. Right on. You got to open for Chris Daltrey. What was that experience like? It was awesome. Uh, he was real nice, uh, a real uh, personal guy. And, uh, you know, uh, that happened at the uh, State Fair of Texas, which we, that was probably our third year. We'd done it maybe four or five years now. And, that's thanks to a guy named Glenn Smith. Uh, he's uh, been a big supporter of ours and um, and given us opportunities like that. He also hooked us up with uh, Grand Funk Railroad at the same uh, festival. And uh, you know, when you're when you for a band in our position, you know, we're a working band and we've been doing it for a while. But to see people that are you know real professionals, not only like you know rock legends and stuff like Grand Funk. But just like you learn a lot when you watch pe uh, people like that, you know, make it happen. You're originally from 
Louisiana and you live in Texas, what is your favorite thing about Louisiana and your favorite thing about Texas? Ooh, you know, they both like have, I, I got, I got to say food for Louisiana. Um, but both the food and music in both states are incredible to me. <laughs> um, and that, those are also two of my favorite things anyways. But I'd say in Texas, uh, the the landscape is my favorite thing. I, I mean, from, you know, from east to west, there's so much, you know, we're, re- we're really pretty swampy down here in Houston. It, it's as, as hot as it is back home in Louisiana um a lot of days but you know you got the mountains out in west texas and stuff where i I grew up doing a lot of hunting fishing out that way and uh so yeah both states are real real close to my heart no doubt nice and you mentioned food what is your favorite food gumbo hands down i I can only cook a few things uh well and that's the only thing i can cook great (laughs) is a dark root chicken and sausage gumbo you know um yeah hands down easy question (laughs) <laughs> for me gumble is great too oh yeah and um yeah speaking of louisiana you have a few shows coming up you're going to be playing at the Ban rouge blues festival next uh weekend actually yeah coming up here uh april 27 or 23rd i'm sorry sunday april 23rd we're playing there it's a two three-day festival um i've never played we this is our first time playing it um but i know it's open to the public and we're playing on an outdoor stage right in front of the capitol building which should be pretty cool and that's our first like uh kickoff gig kind of for this next upcoming run where we're out in the east coast a lot we got a couple dates in uh pennsylvania massachusetts new york uh new york city and pauling and um and all around that region through may awesome and yeah, you're also going to be playing another Louisiana show in Lafayette. Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, I think I believe it's June 9th. Um, we're going to be billing with a, a local band. Some guy, uh, a guy I actually met out here in uh, Houston. I believe he was also from Louisiana and grew up in the Houston area. Zach Edwards. You know, there's a group called Zach Edwards and the Medicine. So we're billing with them at um, Showbox and then. Uh, we're still zipping up the details, but also that weekend we're going to be at a Panorama Music Hall in um, Lake Charles with uh, bringing Zach as well. So it should be fun. Heard their stuff and um, cool. actually going to be having them on hitting the high notes soon. All right. Yeah. Good people. And uh, yeah, speaking of your tour, you're going to be playing in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, we're playing at the Rhythm Room and we're also uh, headlining the Alpine country and blues festival um in uh, alpine uh, arizona the night before um which is should be real interesting we've never played the festival and it's uh it's way up in the mountains uh somewhere in arizona i've never heard of uh personally but th- those are the kind of gigs that are always adventures you know <laughs> oh, yeah. especially you know hauling hauling the big trailer up some mountains and <laughs> then there's a music festival out of nowhere so we're excited they're in the rhythm room in um in phoenix gonna be a good time and the rhythm room is a great venue i've been there before originally from arizona so okay awesome yes i mean you know that bob coratori is you know blues blues legend that runs that club and so it's i've been there uh when i was touring uh playing in other acts uh bands uh but this will be the first time our group's out there so we're excited you have a new album coming out 
and you have a couple of songs off of your new album and one is alive on a wire it yeah it's the first uh single or in studio single we've released since our we put out a live album at the beginning of 2022 last year and um <clears throat> that was uh kind of in part because we had been kind of chasing capturing a live sound in the studio so obviously cutting it live is a pretty direct way to get that result um, and also we wanted to get something out quickly so we could get back out on the road last year which we did and I'm glad we did, but um, a couple of those songs on that record, when we recorded the live version, it was the very first time they had been recorded. And so um, we've taken some some of those songs, we're like, we should give them their like kind of day in court as far as a studio version goes. And so Alive on a Wire is a new one and we recorded it here, actually in my living room. We've been doing everything DIY th these days um, as far as the tracking and stuff. Um, you know, for the life of the band before, we'd always worked in studios with producers and um, which were all great uh, learning experiences and growing experiences. And really, it was kind of a, you know, we wanted to be able to, like, take our time with ideas and sleep on them. You know, if we feel like two weeks from now, we need to recut the drums, you know, we're not paying for more studio time. And um, we can just kind of go in there and do what we want to and get experimental as well. So I, I've really been happy with how it came out. Alive on the Wire, like I said, was the first one we did here. And then uh, the second one, which comes out uh, April 14th, is uh, Runner, which is one of the songs from Live in Texas, the live album um, that we decided to try and give a studio version. It was it was a song on all our uh, touring last year that every single concert people were asking about that song or yeah, we just got a little bit, you know, that stronger response when we played that one. So we kind of changed some things and it had grown, you know, and that's the thing I was talking about earlier with the process of being able to play your new material in front of audiences. The songs never stop changing when you're doing that. And so those songs kind of had a year of touring to get, you know, whipped in shape. And I had a chance to listen to the song runner in advance and it is a great song. Oh, thanks man. Appreciate it. I was, uh, it's not funky at all, but I was, um, heavy and I was just having a meters moment, um, and just listening to a lot of Neville Brothers stuff. And that's where that main riff kind of came from. And then we threw it into the band and it got all heavy, you know, <laughs> but, but it was definitely, it was, um, I was listening to all that New Orleans funk. Your guitar riffs are amazing. Uh, uh, thank you, man. <laughs> that that's a high compliment for a guitarist. Yeah, you're welcome. All and about the riffs. Definitely all about the riffs. You have a instrumental song that is uh, an epic jam sesh for sure. Thanks. <laughs> um, Texas Cyclone. Yes. Is that the one talking? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that kind of became an instrumental because uh, I had to get like this emergency tonsillectomy in 2021. Um because they said that I went into the ANT, I was having, so I was getting sick a lot and they was like, Oh, this could be something serious, but the only way to check is to take them out right now. And uh, then, you know, I web MD'd myself into a hole and uh, was reading about whenever adults get their tonsils taken out, your airway is much bigger. And so your muscles that were all trained to push a certain amount of air to get the, the note that you usually go for, now doesn't have to push as hard because it has all this extra air. And so you're, you're sh basically you're sharp all the time. And so there, there was like a retraining process. So anyways, I couldn't sing. So, but we had some songs and some studio time. And so like, 
well, let's just write like a jam and make it make it into something. If it makes the cut, it it makes the cut. If it doesn't, then you know at least we did something. And I'm really happy with how it came out. the The studio track is the live take we all did together in one room, uh, in an Airbnb. You know, just with our own mics. So I'm I'm particularly proud of that one because we got something done while I couldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an epic instrumental for sure. What first got you into music? Um, I heard my dad put on um, Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower in the car. That's what got me into guitar, which really was the start of me learning music. Before then, I listened to a lot of music. My dad gave me his cassette collection when I was probably eight. Um, and that had, you know, a bunch of classic rock, ZZ Top, Willie Nelson, some other classic country um and so i was listening to all that stuff just enjoying it but whenever i got into hendrix just that solo blew my mind and i just you know wanted to try and play I, it took me a year before i got an actual guitar i had before that i had this like toys r us guitar i'd gotten for like a christmas gift and it was missing a couple strings it was out of tune it had a speaker under the strings so you pressed a button and it sounded electric um, <laughs> but I just like tried to like sound out Hendrix solos on one string, you know, for an entire year. And I'm sure my family was tired of hearing that. And, uh, they, uh, got me this Stratocaster copy when I was about 11 and then just kind of went off from there. What do you love most about touring? Um, I love touring. I love it, especially now that we've kind of like worked out the kinks. We've got a great crew. Um, my band is Zach Grindle on the drums, Zachary Cox on the bass. I've known them both for a long time now. And then our tour manager is um, my buddy since elementary. We actually uh, played in our first band together. I used to ride over my bike with the amp balanced on my handlebars to his garage every day. And um, and so Kyle Tomchess and my buddy is still our tour manager. And so it's just the four of us, but, uh, you know, we really got dialed in to where we can have fun. You know, we're not sweating the small stuff and what makes it fun is good people and a good hang, you know, and just, you know, everybody keeping the, the big picture in mind, just because the more, the longer you're away from home, you know, the more uncomfortable things can get for people. And so, but I think it's really just the new, new sites and new people every night, meeting new people all the time is fun. Um, and just seeing parts of the country that I wouldn't see otherwise, you know? Yeah. And um, speaking of touring, what was uh, the coolest place that you've played? Ooh. Um, actually, we're going back there um, in this this run coming up here in the end of April. It's uh, Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is kind of around Amish country. And we played there last year. We were on a tour supporting uh, Des Rocks, an artist out of New York City and the Blue Stones out of Canada. Um, we were their direct support. And uh, where I can't remember where we were the night before, but we were coming from somewhere kind of in the middle of nowhere to begin with. And uh, so we're rolling through these like Pennsylvania hills and then it's Amish country. And then out of nowhere, there's this huge where these huge warehouses and this hotel um, and it's all owned by the venue and the same people. And so this venue is called Mickey's Black Box. And Mickey, the owner, is the person who first designed arena sound systems or PA systems for acts that were coming through, you know, um, stadiums and arenas. Like, you know, the classic, like, 
Beatles concert where you they couldn't even be heard over the girls screaming because they all they really had were their amps and like a small PA. And so he designed these first massive rigs. So the venue is immaculate is an immaculate sounding venue. But then next door to it, these warehouses are huge rehearsal warehouses where acts like Beyonce and you know Top the Pops, Justin Bieber and stuff will come in and their touring crew will practice for a couple of weeks just setting up and tearing down their entire stage design for that tour. Then at the end of the month, the artist comes in for a week and rehearses and they hit the road. So they also own the hotel where they put up the crew and they put up the artists. So they got, they got something good going over there. <laughs> um, but it's just, it, like I said, in the middle of nowhere. And so we had no idea what to expect when we pulled up there last year. Then we show up and it's just like this, you know, awesome music venue Mecca. So we're playing there again in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, and we're excited for it. And uh, yeah, Des Rocks is a great artist. I actually got to meet him uh, about four years ago. Cool. Yeah, yeah. they're all super nice guys. Um, did you see the show or, or something? Yeah. Yeah, they've got this huge sound um, live, like because they're a three-piece as well. Um, but I, when on that tour, I was just kind of like um, – just enamored with his guitar sound. It's just, it's got, it's unique, but it's big, you know, it's cool. Definitely. If you can collaborate with any artist, who would it be and why? I I have a personal affinity. I, I love Buddy Guy. I've always loved Buddy Guy. He's just been one of my favorites and I've gotten to see him a couple of times. The last time I saw him was at a jazz fest in 2019, uh, around 2018, 19. Um, and he's killing. I know he's on his farewell tour right now. So I might've missed the boat on that one, but you know, I mean, this is a, maybe an obvious answer for a, for a dude from Texas playing blues rock, but John Mayer is a fantastic guitar player. And I just like the way he takes, you know, the aspects of guitar playing that I enjoy and then also can arrange, you know, a great pop song. Yeah. John Mayer is great. It's weird because like a lot of people, they either like John Mayer or they don't. And I like him. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy his music. I think most people that have a hard set of uh, no on John Mayer are thinking about whatever they've read or heard, you know, about the person. And I'm just talking about music, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great to talk about music. And music is a universal language. Yes, it is. I always, you know, talk and think about it. But just that is another great aspect of touring. And, and just playing live is... You really like music's one of those things where people from all walks of life, varying opinions, you know, and um, really rivaling opinions even, you know, will get in the same room and have a great time. Don't even need to speak the same language, you know, it is universal. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you go or what you're doing. There's always music around. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's like the I. The, oh, the thought that people say just about, you know, think about your life without music, you know, it, it scores all these small things that we do that, you know, it's great. Yeah. And uh, speaking of small things, uh, Blink-182 had a song, All the Small Things. <laughs> yeah, I think that one did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Blink-182, they're going on tour. Are they? My, um, I, I remember seeing some rumblings and stuff. I definitely, like... I'll jam it because it comes up in the tour bus, um, especially with just the generation of our band and specifically our tour manager, Kyle and um, Zachary Cox, the bass player. Both are big fans. 
but I was just like listening to blues and, and like not what was popular whenever I was in middle school and high school and stuff. Like I, I was aware of it, but just, I was also like, Oh, check out this slide guitar, you know? Uh, and so I just, I just don't have the same like connection, you know, or like, like all the emo music and stuff. But I played in some metal groups um, just through the years and stuff, just trying different things, you know? But yeah, I'm sure my my uh, buddy Kyle will be catching that Blink tour if he can. What's your songwriting process like? It's definitely not one approach. Um, you know, like a lot of people say, just it can be anything. Um, but as far as getting to the end product um, with music that we put out, it's usually I, I'll write as many ideas and songs as I can. I try and bring, you know, a pretty fleshed out idea as far as verse choruses and bridges and stuff to the group and then the real test if it's going to go the distance is when we first jam it together um and especially if we want to keep jamming it then that's usually a sign that it's worth chasing and then we'll arrange as a three-piece before i had such a consistent group like i've had in the recent years i've demoed everything out a lot more um i would program drums and just re-record everything in an instrument at a time uh, and before I handed it to a drummer or anything, or we would record the, the the finished product and then, you know, let's go find a band. But um, nowadays it's us having jammed in, like I was talking about before, playing it live, you know. So the songs get a lot more attention, I feel like, these days. And uh, what motivates you in life? Sharing music. I think, you know, I, uh, someone asked me the other day and I had just happened to be thinking about it. You know, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing music? You know, I have that sometimes some days I have that thought and it's more like an anxiety. It's like, oh, man, I don't think I can do anything else. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, you know, I, so I feel very impassioned about sharing what I do have to share, you know, and those universal like connecting moments we were talking about. That's like the big payoff on tour, those moments. And I, I was trying to sum it up the other day, but, you know, um, the feeling on stage is almost the same feeling I get in the crowd. Like when I'm on stage and like the drummer does something just sick out of nowhere that he's never done before. And like makes everybody do that stank face, you know, it just like sounds so good. It hurts. Like that happens to me on stage. And that also happens to me when I'm at shows and, and the drummer does something that I'm, and that was just sick. And it makes you like do the same face. That feeling is like, just a, like the small is like the sneeze of like, um, you know, the connecting feeling. Um, that I think is just awesome. That's what I'm kind of chasing. Right on. Besides music, what do you like to do? Um, now I got a about a 70 pound pit bull that uh, goes everywhere with me, and there's some boxes behind me. This is my grandparents' house from the 70s, and um, long story short, I just bought it for my mother, and we're it's an old home, so it's getting kind of uh, reconstructed this whole summer while I'm on tour. So in between tours, I'll be living on the, on the RV with dog. Um, and I, I like to fish. And so we can try and hit some fly fishing spots and just get outside and give him a good life while I am off a tour, you know? Um, uh, but I, I like to, I like to cook and hang out with friends and my grandmother's a library and all these bookshelves used to be filled with books before I packed them up. Uh, so I'm pretty big bookworm too. What's your favorite book? Man, um, I love all of James Lee Burke's stuff. I'm just reading his uh, Hackberry Holland book. 
I just read Stephen King's on writing and that was a really great book. I love Stephen King's books. Um, but, uh, that's his like kind of autobiography and also his, um, his thought. It really wasn't like a how to write, which I liked. It was, he was, and he is kind of, uh, I don't even know the right word to put to it, but he pretty much just says like, if you're not doing this all the time and writing a thousand words a day or whatever, cause just cause you like to, then maybe you're not a writer. I was like, well, I'm not trying to be a writer anyways, but just taking what I did out of the book, I, I like the way he thinks about growing ideas. He doesn't write with a plot, which is kind of similar to how I kind of write with songs. Like there's a message you're getting across and you find that message as you're writing, but he doesn't define it from the get and just try, try and tells the story from the standpoint of the character that he he's building in his head you know it's like what would this character say if he was telling the story just it's pretty interesting that is interesting and yeah speaking of james lee burke um james lee burke's books are very popular in louisiana and also there was a james lee burke um tour or something at the literary festival oh really yeah Nice. You're the only, uh, I, I, whenever people ask what I like to read on interviews, I, I always say James Lee Burke, you're the only person that's known. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the way he writes just about like, um, I mean, if you do know Louisiana and its landscape, like he really nails it, you know, just like the temperament of the weather there and, and also like um, the, like uh, how people interact too. Cause it's a, it's a different thing, you know? Yeah. It is a very different thing. And yeah, the weather changes like in a blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of his books end in like, you know, something close to a hurricane, you know, <laughs> that, came, <clears throat> that just came out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like one minute it could be like sunny. The next minute it could be pouring rain and yeah. rain for a couple hours. People don't think how cold the winter can get though. Cause it's so humid when it's cold, it's like bone chilling, you know? Yeah. And the people are nice too. Yeah. The Southern hospitality thing is a real thing in some places. It is a real thing. Um, yeah. Cause you know, I'll be going to the store and people stop and talk to you while yeah. you're and it's like, okay, I'm not used to this, but yeah. And then you go up to like, you know, we played somewhere like New York city or something and like, you say, excuse me, because you accidentally, you know, walked into somebody and they don't care. You know, it's just a different, different pace of life. <laughs> yeah. Living in Texas, do you like baseball? Oh, I root for the Strohs, man. For sure. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a, every time we're like on our fall tours and stuff, we're always like, you know, watching the, <laughs> watching the game as soon as we can, like in the bus or something. And uh, yeah, which is like great entertainment on, on the on the road yeah what do you think about the new rules in baseball the, talking about the uh pitch count yeah <laughs> apparently uh we were just talking about a rehearsal the other day and <laughs> i won't i won't bs you i'm not the sports guy in the band but we were we were talking about this and you know my drummer is the sports guy he he coaches his kids bass or baseball team and um and just you know is all up on everything but um he was saying how the a lot of the players dislike it, which I'd get. Because you really take the – and it makes sense. You take the rhythm away from the pitcher. You know, you can't, you can't build the same kind of tension and stuff like that or same rhythm. Um, but apparently they're doing it for ratings or something to kind of move the game along. 
I heard somewhere like someone did a game in like an hour 46 or something like that. <laughs> it's pretty wild. So we'll see. It makes sense with today's world though. Um, you know, they probably had some, some uh, millennial marketing guy come in and say, it's too long. These kids don't have the attention span for that. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely changing the game with uh pitch clock, making the games go quicker. And then they have like the automatic runner at second base to lead off a extra inning. Oh, okay. Yeah. They kept that rule, which I mean, it's an okay rule. It's kind of weird to see, but yeah. I've been to games where they had a uh, automatic runner at second base and a team still could not score. <laughs> yeah, couldn't hit, couldn't steal. Yeah, then there was a minor league game the other day where the team actually lost seven to nothing. And the team that actually won the game had no hits in the game. They scored on errors and hit by pitches. No kidding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, no, it's, I feel like nobody really won that. Yeah. That's backwards, man. Yeah, baseball's uh, baseball's getting different for sure, but I still love the game. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to keep me from watching. Yeah, and nothing beats going to a live sports game in person. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely ten times as exciting. I've never been to a golf tournament, but for <laughs> for most of most of normal sports, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, golf might be cool. I can see it being maybe more uh, more exciting than watching it on TV in person. Yeah. Uh, then again, there's like the Waste Management Open, which used to be called the Phoenix Open. And I heard that was like literally a big party. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> there's no shortage of uh, party funds there. <laughs> uh, I've never been, but I heard it was a lot of fun. Okay. Texas question. Um. Okay. Big Dr. Pepper fan. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely pro DP. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like what uh what your grandmother would give to you when you're sick <laughs> love dr pepper speaking of dr pepper did you have the strawberries and cream flavor no i didn't even hear about it i honestly don't uh like dr pepper is the soda i'll reach to when i am having a soda which is usually like if i'm getting a burger I'm surprised i'm gonna get a soda but other than that, man, I, I it's water or beer for me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And um, yeah, burgers are great. Okay, Texas thing. Whataburger or In-N-Out? A Whataburger all day. I like an In-N-Out burger. I've had a, I've had a bad In-N-Out burger is worse than any bad Whataburger I've ever had, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, now I'm a Whataburger stand all day. Yeah, I could see that with a bad In-N-Out burger. Um, especially if you order an In-N-Out burger, it's got to be animal style all the way. All the way. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. And yeah, you could get animal style fries too. I, I'm, yeah, I, that's a, it, it's heavy, but it's good. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it helps. It helps because I really, what I really want to do when I go, because I think I grew up eating Whataburger is I want to get two burgers at In-N-Out. <laughs> you know it just it just feels it feels like a small burger to me but it's it's enough burger it's just yeah. just i'm like what a what a size me <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of burger burgers are huge sure. <laughs> massive. They are the, massive like the single patty is massive but the they have a couple that are double patty it's just unnecessary 
on some Texas toast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the sweet and spicy bacon burger is really good. That's a banger. They used to have this burger called the Monterey Melt, but they uh, they took off the menu. You can still kind of get recreated if you ask for certain things. But, uh, man, their patty melt is my go-to. Uh, favorite shakeout water burger? I usually go vanilla malt. I'm a malt fan. Um, I get the vanilla and not the chocolate, so I can give my dog a couple couple spoonfuls. <laughs> yeah, kind of give your dog a treat. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> How can more people find out about Clay Melton? Uh, we're on all the social media things, uh, at Clay Melton Music, and then all of our tickets uh, and tour dates and actually some new merch. I'm leaving right after this to go pick up some new uh, t-shirts that we're putting on sale for this new tour. They're all at claymelton.com. What is one message you would like to give your fans and listeners? Go see a live show. Um, it's the best way you can support artists right now. Um, being that, you know, music is not no longer where uh, we make our um, money. You know, the best way to keep your artists going is to go see a show, you know, buy some merch, but mostly just, just enjoy yourself. You know, I think going to see live music is great for the soul. Um, so it's a win-win. So if you're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, go check out Clay Milton at the Baton Rouge Blues Festival on Sunday, April 23rd. And um, what time are you playing? Uh, we're playing 1245. Okay. So if you're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, go check out Clay Milton at the Baton Rouge Blues Festival. Be sure to check out Clay Melton on tour and go check out the Baton Rouge Blues Festival next week. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. And also, listeners, be sure to check out Clay Melton's single, Alive on a Wire, and his new single, Runner, which comes out on April 14th. Um, Yeah, I'll go to your show. Yeah, come on out, man. We'll grab a beer, man. All Great right. to talk to you. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, y'all, this is Clay Melton down in Houston, Texas, and you're listening to Hidden the High Note. Going to play Clay Melton's single, Alive on a Wire.
Wire by Clay Melton. Next, I'm going to play Texas Cyclone.
That was Texas Cyclone by Clay Melton. For Clay Melton, I'm Kevin Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note.